From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. We're in a series called First Things First, and we've been looking at different times the scriptures reference or talk about an important first. And this is centered around our theme verse. Jesus said this, it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus shared this in his famous Sermon on the Mount, one of the most powerful messages you read in the scripture. And he shared this um, in the context of worry, in the context of worry. And all these things that Jesus is talking about, when he says all these things will be given to you, are all the things that we tend to, to worry about and we concern ourselves over. And he's saying when we, put, when we put God in his rightful place first, when we seek him first, the other things get thrown in. They work out. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything will be perfect, but as Jesus shared in the Sermon on the Mount, at the end of it, we'll have a solid foundation so when those things, when we approach these things, we're a little bit more secure. And so I want to spend a little bit more time on our last talk in this series, ending the discussion, diving a little bit deeper into this concept of first things first by looking at the principle of first. The principle of first, and this is a principle that you'll find all throughout the scripture, but it's clearest, I believe, in the teachings of first fruits. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, and then I'm going to share a brief story, then i got a bunch of scripture that I'm going to read, and then we're going to hang out in the last one. You ready for it? All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we have an opportunity to gather, Lord, that we have an opportunity to worship you, God, that we have an opportunity freely to open your word, God, and hear from it. I pray in the name of Jesus, you'd help me to speak clearly, but I pray that you'd open our hearts, spirit, God, to what you want to say, to what you want to do, and so speak to us today, and let us be changed, and let let our faith increase by the hearing of your word this morning. I pray, Father God, you touch every life. You bless every life, Father God, and we learn this morning, God, and we learn through your spirit speaking to us the things in our lives, God, that we need to give you first, God, the, the areas, God, where we need to put you first, Lord, that we would walk away from these teachings, God, not just be hearers of the word, but doers of it, um, putting you first in all aspects in the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. So we were on vacation a few weeks ago with some friends up in the Muskoka areas, and uh, on a one particular day, we decided to go for a walk with, with our little crew of kids. They, had a, they have some kids as well. And, and so we took them for a walk, and, and we took some fishing rods with us. I'm not, I'm not a fisherman. I'd like to be, but I'm not. Um, but my friend who we were with went fishing a couple days before, and he took us to this spot where, where the kids could play and, and hike, and, and we could just fish off the, off the edge there. And he caught, caught a couple bass there a few days before, so we thought, hey, we'll We'll go fishing and we'll see what happens. Now, my, my oldest boy, Elijah, was desperate to catch a fish, like desperate. I'm thinking this is going to make or break his desire to ever fish in the future. He, he wanted to keep it. I, I don't think to eat. I think he wanted a pet, um, which we, we, you can't do. Well, I guess you could do that, but, but we don't do that. So whatever. We're, we're, I'm thinking, let's go fishing. Let's see what we can catch. And so we're going and we're fishing and the kids are playing and and we're not catching anything. There's no nibbles, there's no bites, there's just no nothing. Nothing's happening. And I can, I can sense Elijah getting, getting desperate, right? Getting, getting to the point where he's getting really disappointed. He's, he's very vocal with his frustrations. He's very vocal with his disappointment. A lot of 
a lot of the word, the word that's in his vocabulary now is, uh, which I'm trying to tell him is not a word, but, but he was getting a little disappointed, so I thought, oh my goodness, we got to do something here, and then Jody says, hey, we got to go soon, it's almost that time for bed, and so I noticed right off the edge, you know, some, some panfish, right, some sunfish, and so I just quickly, when they weren't looking, I throw the, the line down there, because they'll bite anything, right, and I, I hook this little fish, and I reel it, and I say, boys, boys, I got one, I got one, and it had to have been like a three-inch little, little fish, right? It was the tiniest little fish, but they were stoked. They were so excited that we caught this little fish. And so I, you know, we took a picture, which I couldn't find because I wanted to show you. And we took a picture, and then we unhooked it. And I say, okay, we got to throw it back. And they said, why? God gets the first one. I said, God gets the first one. See, I have a, I have a, I have a friend who's a professional fish, fisherman. He, he's part of our, our previous church Great guy, loves the Lord. And he, when I first met him, he was telling me this story, literally when I first met him. He says, whenever I take someone out, regardless of what, they're, what we're fishing for or, you know, what, where we are, you know, how many we catch, whether it's the best fish or we don't catch any fish, he's like, I always put the first one back because the first one belongs to the Lord. And so he's, he's telling me he's taking a guy out and they, they're fishing. I don't remember what they're fishing for, but they're fishing, he catches this fish, and he begins to describe to me how beautiful this fish is. Some of you speak like this. You speak poetically about fish, like it's the most amazing thing that's ever come out of the earth. And he's speaking how beautiful this fish is, and I have no idea what he's talking about, but I'm just humoring him. And then he says, and then I, and then I put him back, and the guy that I'm with says, Why, what are you doing? And I say to this guy, regardless of whether he knows God or not, says, the first one belongs to the Lord. And then he says to me, he's like, we don't just give off of our money. He's like, God gets all of our firsts. And, and I remember that when I'm fishing with, with my boys. And so I, I literally thought, this is a great opportunity to teach them this principle of first. I said, God gets the first one. So look at somebody and say, first one. This is the principle of first fruits. I give God my firsts. I don't just seek God first. I give God my firsts. Right? I don't just seek God first, I give God my first, the first of my time, the first of my talent, the first of my treasure, the first of what I receive. Now this is rooted in biblical times when the people literally lived in agrarian society. They, they lived off of the cultivation of the land. And harvest time was, was the most important time because that's when all the farmers' hard work would pay off. Some of you know this because you're farmers, right? You literally reap what you sow. And what they sowed and what they reaped, the, the fruit was their commodity. They didn't have cash, right? They didn't have income. It was, their, it was their commodity. And during this era, God called the people, his Israelites, to bring the first yield, to bring the first fruits from their harvest as an offering. And this was a, a demonstration of their devotion to God, of their commit to, commitment to God, but also their trust that God would provide the remaining fruit. That even though they give him at first, they'd also get enough to feed their family. So I want to read you a little bit what the Bible says, and then I want us to dig in and lean into this. Because this piggybacks on what we talked about last week. If you were here last week, we talked about Jesus being the firstborn, how he is preeminent over everything, that he needs to be first just because of who he is. But this is how we put him first. Right? Last week was he is first, and the scriptures say to seek him first, but this is a great way on how to seek him first. So let's read a few scriptures and, and bear with me here. Exodus chapter 23, verse 19 says, Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Not just the first fruits, but the best of the first fruits. Leviticus 23, verse 30 says, A tithe of everything. We like to focus a lot on the tithe part. We get hung up on that. A tithe, just so you know, means a tenth. 
talking about 10%. 10% of everything, of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. He's saying the 10 off the top of everything is holy to the Lord. Proverbs 3, verse 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Notice that he doesn't describe a number. He doesn't say that if you have this amount of wealth. He just says your wealth, your wealth, your first fruits, whatever that may be of yours, bring, bring, the, bring it to, to God, and then your barns will be filled with over, to overflowing. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, I love, love this one. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so when I come, no collections will have to be made. And then finally, Exodus chapter 13, we're going to start at verse 1, and this is where I want to land today. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever is, to first, whatever is first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Jumping to verse 11. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised on oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. In other words, if you don't bring it to me, you don't get it at all. And redeem every firstborn from among your sons. So scripture has a lot to say about this idea of bringing to God your first fruits. But, it's, but it really begins in the book of Exodus because it was an essential concept for the people to understand, God's people, the Israelites. Now, if you remember the story in the book of Exodus, God's people were trapped in slavery. And so he raises up a deliverer named Moses um, to go in and to deliver people out of slavery, out of Egypt, out of the hand of Pharaoh. And if you remember, there's the ten plagues, with the final plague being the death of every firstborn male in the Egyptian nation. And so they finally leave Egypt, and now God is instituting some commands to help establish this people, Israel, as their own nation. And here he instructs them to give up the first of their increase. The first of their increase, and in this passage specifically, the firstborn, so that they can understand the value of God's blessing. So I have four main points for you that we're going to pull out of this text. And the first is the first fruit must be offered. The first fruit must be offered. So look at what it says. It says, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Is mine. Now, that's emphatic. There's, there's emphasis on this. It's mine. God is trying to show them, I have authority over you, over what you are and all that belongs to you, and I choose that. I choose the first that is born. I choose the first that is born. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. It's mine. See, this idea of first fruits is der derived from God's created um, work. And this may be difficult for us to understand because we live in a society that says what's yours and yours and what's mine is mine. And, and while that may be true, biblically speaking, nothing belongs to us. Nothing belongs to you. Nothing belongs to me. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 24, the earth and everything in it belong to the Lord. The earth and everything in it belong to the Lord. And because God created everything, all creation belongs to him, the creator. That even means the things that we've invented and created over time. 
because God gave us the raw materials to create those things and the mind's capable of inventing those things. So everything belongs to God because he is the creator. The creator has authority to decide what comes and what doesn't come to him. He has the authority to decide what belongs to him. And he's showing the people in this text that the first things are his things. The first things are God's things. They're not your things. They're not my things. Whatever is first to open the womb is mine. A tithe of everything belongs to the Lord. My sons have a problem sharing their stuff. They have a, they have a big problem sharing their stuff. And um, this, this term, is mine, is something that's thrown around in our household a lot. I hear it all the time. Well, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. And I get incredibly frustrated because it's not theirs at all. It's mine, actually. <laughs> and so I'll, which it's the Lord's, I admit. But, but I'll, I'll say to Eli, Eli's got this, uh, he's got this, this red Corvette that's battery operated that you can literally drive, right? You know, they push the little gas pedal and they can learn how to drive when they're three years old. And he likes to remind his little brother, whenever his little brother wants to use it, that it doesn't belong to him, that it's his, because he got it for his first birthday, which is funny, because he couldn't drive it until he was like two and a half, because he's one years old. And so he likes to remind his little brother, and he did so the other day, they were out in the street playing, and I heard him say, say Joshy, that's mine. And so I said, I said, Eli, we share our stuff, we say this a lot in our house, we share our stuff. It's mine though, Daddy. And I just kind of smirked. And I said, oh, oh Yeah do you want me to share my stuff? And he just, he knows where I'm going with this, right? Because he's seen where I've done, done this before. I said, um, this house, it's mine. Your room, it's mine. <laughs> the bed in your room, it's mine. The food, and he loves to eat. We bought it in the fridge. The clothes you're wearing, they kind of belong to me. Do you, do you want me to share my stuff? Yes, daddy. <laughs> We share in our house. See, Eli doesn't have the authority to decide what belongs to him and what doesn't. Right? My kids don't decide that. I, we decide that. I shouldn't say I decide that. We decide that as parents. Jody and I decide that. God says the first is mine because he has the authority to decide. So he says to them, the first that opens every wound belongs to me. He doesn't say, do you know what? first is Mine. The first is mine. Bring the best fruit, says in Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. The best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord. And it, I, I, I want to just share that a little bit because he doesn't say give the first fruits or give the best of the first fruits. Because you don't, you don't, you don't give some, or you give something that belongs to you. You bring something that doesn't belong to you because it belongs to God. He's not saying give me something of yours. He's saying bring to me what belongs to me. Bring to me what belongs to me. God doesn't get your leftovers. He says, bring. God gets your first fruits of your time, of your talent, and of your treasure. So the first must be offered. Secondly, the first must be sacrificed. In the text, God gives the people two categories. He gives them a donkey, and he gives them a lamb. The lamb represents the clean, and the donkey represents the unclean. And if you look throughout the Old Testament, if you're reading it, you'll see a lot of really crazy laws 
um, that the people are, are told to follow. And a lot of these laws that, that God gives the people are to, to help the people learn in all aspects of life, from what they wear to what they do to what they eat, that there are holy things and that there are unholy things. And it's not necessarily the thing in and of itself, but he's trying to teach them that I'm setting you apart and I'm to be set apart from all the nations around. And so he shows them, he's got, we got a donkey, which represents the unclean, and we have a lamb, which represents the clean. And he says, if it's a firstborn clean animal, it needs to be sacrificed. If it's a firstborn clean animal, it needs to be sacrificed. You hand it over through a sacrificial ceremony to God. All the firstborn, he says, all the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. You give it to God. Now, if it's a firstborn unclean animal, this is key, this is crucial, it needs to be redeemed with a clean. If it's a firstborn unclean, it needs to be redeemed with a clean. It's, a not, it's not good enough. The unclean is, a not, is not good enough. It's not a good enough sacrifice. But it needs first, but the first needs to be given, so it needs to re be replaced with a clean animal. Catch this. The clean takes the place of the unclean. Now, what does this mean for us? Okay? When, when we were born, when you were born, are you clean or unclean, spiritually speaking? Anybody? We're unclean. We like to believe that, that we're clean because there is an innocence attached to, to little babies, right? When, you look at, when I look at my little baby Emmy, she is so innocent and cute. But you don't need to teach children to be bad. <laughs> you don't. They, it's just natural. It's just, that's their, that's their the default mode, right? That's their setting. You have to teach them to be good. You have to teach them to behave. You have to teach them what it means to be good and how to function in society. Um, if, you, if you look at Jesus, was Jesus, when he was born, clean or unclean? Clean. The Bible says that he was without sin. He is without fault. There's, there's no wrongdoing in him. So the clean Jesus had to take the place, had to be sacrificed of the unclean us so that we could be redeemed. So that's what we just read in the book of Exodus. That the redeem with, uh, with a lamb every firstborn donkey. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. What God is telling the Israelites points us towards the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. Right? What God is telling the Israelites is pointing towards the sacrifice he would make. I heard, I heard a pastor put it this way, and maybe you've heard this before, maybe you haven't, um, but I guarantee you haven't thought about it. Jesus is God's tithe. Jesus is God's tithe. Jesus was God's firstborn clean given to us as a sacrifice. How many, how many of your throats are just like, whoa. Again, the tithe is a biblical principle where we give a tenth of everything back to God, right? Tenth of everything, the scriptures say, bring to the storehouse. Jesus was God's tithe to us, given to us, the firstborn lamb sacrificed for the unclean. Which, which makes me wonder, that the tithe is personal to God. Tithing is personal to God because God tithed his firstborn for us. God says, give me the first of your offspring because he gave the first. A tithe of everything because he gave a tithe. Now, here's the thing about the first, giving your first fruits of your time, of your talent, of your treasure, and I'm going to use those three often, t 
time, talent, and treasure is a faith move. It would have taken faith for the Israelite people to give the first that would open the womb back to God because they had no guarantee that there was going to be more after that. Right? It's not like they had a plethora of, they said, okay, I got, now that I have 10, I'll give you the first one because I know that I had the rest. They would have given it out of faith that God was going to provide the rest. Listen, it's not about the 10%. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. It's about the faith. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his only son Isaac in Genesis chapter 22 in faith that God would provide. Giving to God that the tithe doesn't bring the blessing. The faith brings the blessing. It's a, a heart thing. That's why in the New Testament it says that each of you should, should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It's a faith move. You're not waiting for God to bless you with more so that you can give him the top. Because God didn't do that. He didn't wait for us to be clean to get things sorted out before he gave us Jesus. I'm just going to make sure, first of all, that you guys kind of get things in order, you know, and that you figure things out and that you stop doing bad things, and then I'll give Jesus as a sacrifice. And then I'll make sure I'll just seal the deal. No. It says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He gave Jesus first, knowing that Jesus would redeem the rest that would come. The rest would come. So the first needs to be sacrificed, thirdly, because the first portion redeems the rest. The first portion given in faith redeems the remainder. If the Israelites didn't redeem the donkey, they were required to break its neck. They were required to break its neck. In other words, if they didn't redeem it, they wouldn't get it at all. If they didn't redeem it, they wouldn't get it at all. When you give God your first, your, your tithe, your, your time, your talent, and your treasure, when you give in faith your first, your obedience and your faith enacts God's blessing on the rest. So Psalm, or Proverbs chapter 3 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, I've read this earlier, with the first fruits of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. See, it blesses the rest. The first given blesses the rest. In the book of Malachi, the people had turned from God. If you, if you know the story at all. The book of Malachi, the people had turned from God. They were, they were living in apathy towards God. They were kind of living in a, in, a, in a season where they didn't believe in the love of God because of their circumstances, yet they weren't accounting for their own sinfulness. And they, they had been, this has been about a thousand or so years after Exodus, and so they had had story after story of God's faithfulness and God's blessing and sinfulness and judgment. They had seen it all, and yet they're still in this circumstance where they're not looking towards the things of God, and they're not accounting for their sin. And Malachi uh, uh, prophesies here. He says in verse 7, chapter 3, it says, Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. The people were stealing from God because they were withholding their firsts. They were withholding their firsts. And when you withhold your firsts, the rest ain't blessed. When you withhold the first, 
The rest isn't blessed. There is no faith that God will move. When we don't give our first, our tithes, our time, our talent, our treasure, when we don't give our first, um, the rest is not blessed. But when we do, it redeems the rest. Just like the clean lamb would redeem the donkey. In Joshua chapter 6 and 7, if you remember our series on taking ground, we, we looked at this. The Israelites were taking the city of Jericho. And God had said to them to go into the city and all the gold and all the silver and all those articles were to be brought back to the storehouse. And if you recall, he doesn't say a first of it. He doesn't say a tenth of it. He says all of it because Jericho was the first city they, they were conquering. So the whole city was the first. You can't, you're tracking that. This is the first devoted to God. And he said, bring it all into the storehouse. One guy named Achan didn't. He kept some back. And the whole nation was under a curse. And they lost the next battle. Because they didn't bring the first, the rest was not blessed. The first blesses and redeems the rest. When we give our tithes, when we give our first fruits, it redeems and blesses the rest. Can I just say this? God can do more with your 90% than you can do with your 100%. And I'm not just speaking out income. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your gifts and your talents and your abilities. I'm talking about everything, a tithe of everything. Everything. In the book of Acts, in the New Testament, after Jesus was resurrected and ascended into heaven, people are no longer under the law. Ananias and Sapphira, two people, were struck down dead because they withheld back their increase and they lied about it. New Testament, post-Jesus. You see, the first portion redeems the remaining portion. Just as Jesus, God's first, redeems us. Just like the clean lamb redeems the donkey. If you want God to bless your increase, if you want God to bless your time, your talent, and your treasure, then you need to give your firsts to God. Because it's holy to him. And it's not, it's, not a, it's not a legalistic thing. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. Finally, number four, the first must be first. It's, it's not first <laughs> unless it's first. Because if it's not first, then it's second, third, or fourth, or fifth, right? It can't, it can't be first unless it's first. Genesis chapter 4, you may remember this story. This is pre-Moses. This is before the law. Verse 3, it says, In the course of time, Cain brought some, some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. God did not accept Cain's offering, but he accepted Abel. Notice they both brought an offering. Right? They both came to worship God. Right? They, they both at some point said, I wanna, I'm going to worship God. But God looked at the one and said, I do not accept this. And he looked at the other and said, I accept this. Abel brought fat portions from the firstborn. God looked at him with favor. Cain brought his offering in the course of time, meaning eventually, at some point, as time went on. And he didn't bring the first fruits, he just brought fruits. It's like, oh, I got to bring something to God. Um, that's some fruits. Bring some fruits. As opposed to, I need to find the best from the firstborn. I need to find the best from the first, because it all belongs to God. Now, here's the kicker. God couldn't accept Cain's offering. God couldn't accept Cain's offering because God can't be second. 
There are some things that God cannot do. God cannot act out of his character. God cannot change. Because if God could change, that means he could get better. And God can't get better because he's perfect. So God cannot change. God cannot accept second place because God is preeminent over everything. He's before all things. He is the firstborn, right? So he can't accept second place, so he can't accept a second place offering. It doesn't work. The first must be first. The first must be first. Now, again, I want to say this. We're not legalistic, right? This is not a legalistic principle. God's not looking at what you physically do first and making sure, oh, yeah, I, I gotta, it's got to be first. He's not, he's not watching your time of the day and say, well, you went to the bathroom first. You didn't pray first, so the rest of your days, it's messed up. <laughs> right? He's, he's not doing that. He's not looking at, at your talents and saying, well, you used your talents for yourself on Thursday instead of waiting until Sunday to use them for me and then using them for yourself. So it's not legalistic. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. God, you get my first because you're first in my life. God, you, you, get, you get my tithe because it belongs to you. You get the first of my treasure because it belongs to you. You get my talents because they belong to you, even the ones I don't like, even the ones I don't want to use. I'm going to use them for you because you gave them to me. God, you get, you get my first because my heart is devoted to you. You know the Bible says where your heart is, your treasure will be also. Some, sometimes if you just want to get your heart in the right place, you just got to put your treasure there. I, I want to be more for God. We'll, we'll put your treasure, whatever is your treasure to you, in the things that God is for. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. Time, your talent, and your treasure. The first must be offered. The first must be sacrificed. The first must, or the first redeems the rest, and the first must be first. So here's the really practical illustration for this, or the practical application for this. How do we do this? Number one is give the first fruits of your income. Start tithing off your income. Take 10% and bring it to the storehouse. Now, I know somebody might be thinking, well, that's an Old Testament principle. We do, we don't, we're not bound by the law. And we're right. We're not bound by the law. God's not going to strike you down dead and say, well, you didn't do, you didn't do 10%. It's a heart thing. But the principle of you reap what you sow is there. The principle of, of first where God redeems the rest is there. Because those are principles that are beyond the Old Testament law. And listen, if you can't do 10%, pick a number. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, again, on the first day of the week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Pick a number. God, this is where I'm going to start. If you've been doing 10% for a long time, try another number. 11%, 12%. Give a little bit more. Again, it's not about the number. It's about the heart behind it. God, what do you get? Because you, everything belongs to you and you're first in my life. What does that look like in your life? Start, start giving God the first of your income. Number two, start giving God the first of your time or tithe off your time. I was speaking with someone who said that they started to actually take this seriously. So I felt like God was challenging me to tithe my time. There's 24 hours in a day. So they began reading the Bible and praying for two and a half hours every single day. And you know what God did? He blessed the rest of their time. He blessed the rest of their time. Appointments started to line up, and, and phone calls started to line up. And, and when they were on vacation, it seemed to slow down at the right time. And when people, when people come around them, they kind of got, got blessed into this as well. And so they'd be sitting there and be like, man, time must have passed, and it had only been a short amount of time. So they had more time together because God had blessed the tithe of the time. Tithe off your time. Number three, give the first fruits of your talent. 
tithe your gifts? What can you do? What abilities do you have? What skills do you have? Use it to serve God. Use it to serve God. God, I can't do what so-and-so can do, but I can do this, and I'll serve you here because you're first, and you get my first fruits. So here's my first fruits of my talent. Tithe off your income, your treasure, your time, and your talents. Exodus chapter 13, verse 14, finishes the instructions on first. It says this, In the days to come, when your son asks, What does this mean? Say to him, With a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrificed to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. In other words, he's saying, give the first fruits, the first of your increase, so that your children will be impacted and you'll have an opportunity to share the gospel. I want, I want my kids one day to look at me and say, Dad, why do you do what you do? Why do you give so much? Why do you sacrifice so much? Like when they're at that age where they can start to put things together. And I can say, do you know what? Daddy, Daddy wasn't always a Christian. Daddy was a really bad person. But Jesus saved me. And he redeemed me. And he forgave me. And so I gladly give the first of my fruits and sacrifice for him. Do you know, I want, I want, my, I want my neighbors to look at what we do and what we give. And be like, why do you do that? Well, because with a mighty hand, God saved me and he redeemed me. And so I gladly give my first fruits. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.